Hello, our valued listener. You're on to your most informing and incisive talk show on radio, Nasco Moments Radio Show, powered by your quality food and household products provider, Nasco Group Nigeria. How many times have you washed your hands today? Cases of building collapse are taking a very alarming dimension in Nigeria, especially at the peak of the rains. This has sparked off wide-ranging conversations on how to tackle or reduce this avoidable disaster to the barest minimum. In a bid to find a lasting solution to this menace, the opinions, insights, and contributions of professionals are key. Thus, in our tradition of keeping you informed and enlightened on contemporary issues, your favorite NASCO Moments radio show last Saturday began a conversation on tackling the menace of building collapse in Nigeria, causes, effects, and solutions. This morning on NASCO Moments Radio Show, we are back with the second and concluding part of the discussion with our discussant, Professor Johanna Daniel Izam, the Vice Chancellor of the Plateau State University, Bokos. He is a Professor of Construction Management and a one time Deputy Dean, Faculty of Environmental Sciences of the University of Jos. He was appointed member of the Council of Registered Builders of Nigeria by President Mohamedou Buhari in 2017. Professor Izam is the current Vice President of the Nigeria Institute of Builders, among other life attainments. We will conclude this very interesting discourse on tackling the menace of building collapse in Nigeria, causes, effects, and solutions. So stay with us as we return shortly. My name is Udun Gan. Ah, ah, Mama Shakara. This is your shabby city shine. And how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fake cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and oh. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Hmm. Mama Shakara, me too now. Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Professor Johanna Izam, welcome back to the NASCO Moment Show. Thank you very much. Okay, so we started this conversation last week. Now let's get straight into the discussion this morning. What are some of the laws guiding building construction in Nigeria? Thank you very much again for the invitation to be here and for this very important question about the regulatory framework for building construction in Nigeria. Uh, there are several laws on the one hand and secondly we could also say that there is a shortage of laws on the other hand. Uh, we also have what we call um, practices that have been put in place by institutions involved in building construction. Uh, they may then be termed as regulations, actually. Uh, we also have laws that are in the making, which are not yet out. We also have uh, colonial planning laws, uh, for instance, the Factories Act has been with us for ages. It has undergone some revision, but up till now there are still gaps in terms of the requirements for regulating building construction practices. There are shortages of requirements in that law. Uh, so when you say what are the laws, 
I would say that there are several regulations depending on the location. If you go to Lagos State, if you go to the Federal Capital Territory, if you go to the eastern part of the country, different states have articulated uh, through state gazettes uh, some laws to take care of building construction activities. Most times these gazettes or government uh, regulations uh, may be restrictive, just taking care of the capital city. Sometimes they have the urban and regional planning laws that have some section that deals with building construction processes, uh, which may also have limited applications depending on which state is operating which law. But I think for the first time, there has been a movement towards having a national building. Unfortunately, we have still not gotten there. The code is in the works. We hope that when that happens, it might fill the gaps in terms of the shortcomings of the various uh, efforts that various state governments are making. But for the laws that we do have, um, uh, how would you raise the level of enforcement of these laws? Well, enforcement have been very abysmal, uh, even for the laws that we have. Uh, I can't say with every sense of responsibility that uh, we have not seen the required levels of enforcement in terms of uh, policing the integrity of building construction processes in Nigeria. And I think a lot uh, need to be done. We can go on to mention some of the reasons uh, why this has been so. Uh, for instance, where you have institutions that have been created by law to perform certain functions with respect to the built environment. There have been obvious cases of uh, manpower constraints. And if I can talk about my state, uh, you look at the problems that uh, the Ministry of Housing, for instance, has said very recently for the efforts of the state government to professionalize the ministry. Uh, which saw the employment of quite a number of professionals. I think we have to give kudos uh, to the current uh, administration for doing that. But if you go to JMDB, for instance, you'll find out that the manpower situation is still inadequate. So when you talk in terms of policing, the urbanization process, how many architects do you have, how many builders? In fact, there are some professions that are not even there in JMDB. And if you find out that the majority of what we do now is more of approving plans, uh, building inspection is there, uh, development control is there. So who is going to do all this? And then sometimes, again, you have to talk about equipment for the work. You have to talk about the vehicles that will be needed to move around. And then most importantly also, you have to look at the regulatory framework. Is the law adequate? For instance, in providing for the adequate process of development control in all the nooks and crannies of our towns and cities. Uh, because without the law, the practice will be faulty. Mm. Now, last year, the president of the Nigeria Institute of Quantity Surveyors attributed the menace of building collapse to defective construction laws, such as the Factories Act of 1974 to 2004, which you have mentioned. Now, as a professional, what would you proffer as a solution to the defects in our constitutional laws, construction laws, rather? Well, I agree entirely with the president of country surveyors. The uh, Factories Act was not really uh, orchestrated 
to be construction specific. Uh, if you look at that law, you find out that its main emphasis is on health, safety, welfare of workers in a factory environment. And if you look at the genesis and the history of that, how it came about, it is more to do with uh, more stable production centers. In the construction industry, we have activities taking place in a less stable, less controlled production center, which is a physical entity called a building site, which is subject to the vagaries of the weather, the sunshine, the rainfall, and all of that. And so uh, the limited provisions of the Factories Act cannot be seen to be effective in actually giving us the required attention for the construction industry. Uh, and so for so many years, I think the advocacy was for construction-specific laws that take into account the peculiarities of the construction industry. And to that end, I think the current efforts to get a national building code uh, which is still in the works, uh, must be uh, enhanced, facilitated. I think that will solve a lot of problems. All right then. Listener, thank you for joining us on the NASCO Moments show. We'll be back after this. Brightest white detergent, Brightex. Brightest white detergent, Brightex. For your brightest wash, Brightex. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. This is the NASCO Moments radio show. We're looking at tackling the menace of building collapse in Nigeria, causes, effects, and solutions, part two. Our guest has been Professor Johanna Izam, the Vice Chancellor of the Plateau State University, Bacchus. He is a professor of construction management and a member of the Council of Registered Builders of Nigeria. Now, um, the Construction Industry Health and Safety Bill is currently before the National Assembly. If passed and assented to, what are some of the gains this would bring to the construction industry? As I have mentioned earlier, uh, Nigeria is due for construction-specific regulations. And I have mentioned very importantly the existing regulation, which is the Factories Act. And the deficiencies uh, operating that from the Ministry of Labor, you have uh, inspectors that will be appointed to enforce the Factories Act. And construction was uh, only mentioned as a factory in the Act, which uh, uh, we believe it goes beyond that. And so uh, the health and safety bill, uh, being construction specific for the construction sector, uh, will be helpful. But I dare to say that uh, that also has to be operated together with the National Building Code uh, for it to bear much fruit. Yes, it makes provision. We hope it's, it's, it has all the provisions that we make for uh, the health and safety of workers on the construction site. By the way, the construction site is... Uh, the, the, the records of uh, accidents uh, is one of the 
biggest in all the industries, apart from maybe agriculture, uh, where you have a lot of accidents from fishing and other things, and probably my construction will be like the third uh, biggest uh, in terms of accident uh, records. Okay. So in, in terms of accidents now, we have victims. How can a victim of building collapse uh, seek legal redress? Well, every individual case has to be considered on its merit. Uh, we have also been pushing for insurance policy for construction workers. Uh, when that is fully enforced, uh, you could, as a construction worker, get some insurance uh, from injuries and even ultimate fatalities like deaths, uh, which can be compensated. Uh, the second is to also go the general jurisprudence uh, to take a lawyer and uh, demonstrate that the accident was actually not due to the negligence on your own part, but as a result of the condition of work under which you have been put. Uh, the courts will also grant remedies uh, when such occur. So these are probably the ways that we can protect workers. What are some of the punitive measures that are meted out to developers and professionals who violate and compromise construction standards? There are general remedies, uh, specific remedies uh, in the practice of the legal jurisprudence, which I will not want to go into. But for professionals in particular, uh, we can withdraw license. We can uh, also suspend license. We can investigate any professional that is caught uh, in any malfeasance that gives rise to uh, such ultimate events like uh, collapse of buildings. Uh, the professional bodies that I know will normally set up a panel of investigation. When found guilty, the ultimate punishment could be withdrawal of license. And once you don't have a license to practice, uh, that's the end of you. You have to go and start all over again. Is that usually done? Well, like I mentioned, unfortunately, uh, for the Council of Registered Builders that I know very well, we are yet to get one single building that has collapsed under the hand of a professional builder. But when that happens, I'm sure that will be done and it will be uh, in the public domain to serve as a lesson to our colleagues who are handling building projects to be more careful in the way they do their things. Okay, you've talked a lot about um, people who are not professionals, quacks. So the menace of quackery uh, has been cited many times as one of the remote causes of building collapse. Now, how can the competence of artisans be upgraded to fill the skills gap in the construction industry? The federal government is doing a lot in the area of uh, upskilling of our artisans. But let me say this, that the success of every building project depends to a large extent on the skills of artisans and craftsmen. In fact, they constitute the majority of the people that handle the details of construction work on the site. And so if you are a builder on site, you are as good as your artisans and craftsmen, because if you don't have them, you will most likely be sure that at the end of the day what you are delivering will not be good. Uh, over the years, we have uh, gone the way of the apprenticeship um, system where people just grew up to watch their parents as masons or bricklayers and they also became bricklayers. 
And for those of us that are practiced on construction sites, we have worked with people who are laborers on one site, and suddenly they graduated to become carpenters and masons on another site. And you ask them, where was the certification done? It's just by sheer force of uh, experience and self-certification, which is what has been the domain of the Nigerian construction industry. So for the first time through this NPower project, the federal government has deliberately, together with other institutions such as the ITF, they are all involved in the training and upskilling of our craftsmen. And as we speak today, there are over, there are over 60,000 in the last batch of training uh, because uh, the federal government is partnering, for instance, with the Nigerian Institute of Building and the Council of Registered Builders to train craftsmen in the build, uh, building industry. And I think if we sustain that policy, we'll be able to not only upgrade their skills, we'll be able to certify them in such a way that they will also have a pattern of progression in their trade to the extent that they can aspire to whatever level. Because what happens in developed economies actually is that more money is even sometimes paid to skilled artisans and craftsmen who are certified to different levels. And so the establishment of the present National Vocational Qualification Framework together with the MBTE, the Polytechnics are into it, the universities, ITF, the professional bodies are into it. If this government continues with this policy of end power, particularly the skills development, I think we'll get somewhere very soon. All right. Uh, it's the NASCO Moments radio show, and I'm sure that you are getting quite a lot of answers to your questions on the program today. We'll be back with the final segment. Please don't go away. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby still the shine, <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now Brightex white detergent, oh, Brightex detergent not the fade cloth at all at all, and they wash cloth clean well, well. It gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you not the chop and oh, and it good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. You are on to your favorite NASCO Moments radio show. Our guest today is Professor Johanna Izam, Vice Chancellor of the Plateau State University. Bokos. He is a professor of construction management and a member of the Council of Registered Builders of Nigeria. He's also the current vice president of the Nigeria Institute of Builders. He has been sharing his thoughts on the topic tackling the menace of building collapse in Nigeria, causes, effects, and solutions, part two. Now, the cost of engaging professionals in building construction is quite high. Now, considering the low living standard of most Nigerian citizens, what can construction professionals do to make their services affordable so that, so that people do not resort to quacks? Well, I have had cause to uh, engage with uh, these issues both in practice and in theory. But the truth of the matter is that the construction professional operates within the context of the national economy. And so he is a professional that provides relevant services for which uh, laws are there to guide in terms of the 
uh, fees that are chargeable. Also, any client that is interested in the services of a construction professional is guided by the law. And to say that the law is there means that the national economy has projected uh, what is due and proper, just as it has also been done for other professions. At any rate, I have told uh, a number of clients that uh, the rates are also subject to uh, negotiations. It's not cast in concrete. And so if you think that you can negotiate something better as a client, I don't think there's any construction professional that will close the door on you uh, negotiation. So we are very open to considering on individual cases and their merits, the possibilities of negotiation. What is your assessment of government's efforts towards uh, combating the menace of building collapse in Nigeria? I think a lot uh, needs to be done by governments uh, in this particular area. And part of the reasons why I would say so is that the built environment has for so long in Nigeria been left as an all-commerce affairs. And you find that for all stages of building construction, uh, from the design to the construction to the post-occupancy, uh, it's like the regulations are not working. So I think in the area of enforcement of government rules and regulations, a lot needs to be done. And secondly also, even when we have very prominent and uh, cases of uh, buildings that have collapsed, uh, we have seen situations where panels have been set up by governments and uh, most times uh, these um, reports are not implemented. Nobody has been sanctioned. And then thirdly and most importantly, the legislature is also part of governance. A lot of the laws that we operate in the built environment are either antiquated or they are not actually there. We have had situations where even as professionals, we have advised laws that could be taken up by the legislature so that they can metamorphose into practice instruments. But we have not uh, gotten uh, the sufficiency of the proactive action of uh, the legislature in terms of construction laws in this country. And I think that a lot has to be done in that area. And the professional groups are ready to collaborate with the Houses of Assembly, the National Assembly. I'll give you an example. The National Building Court made almost two or three trips to the National Assembly without success. Now it has come back again. Why do you think it went so many times without success? Well, it's... Uh, Difficult to understand the politics that is involved, but I believe that the legislators are in a better position to, to say why this was so. But finally, finally, I think under the present Minister of Housing, Babatunde uh, Fashola, is determined to make sure that perhaps this time around it goes and as, as an executive bill. Uh, perhaps this time around we may see to uh, the actualization of the National Building Code. But this is a document that started its journey as far back as 2006. And to say that in 2020, Nigeria does not have a National Building Code for a sector that is very critical to nation building, I think the narrative is very poor. We are also struggling here in Plateau State to get the House of Assembly to look at the um, 
urban and regional planning laws that was a product of the synergy amongst all the professionals in the built environment. And we hope that sooner than later, we will get their attention to be able to pass such an important legislation that will help us to police the urban environment in the state. I suppose more advocacy will also be needed in this regard. What are your final words? Well, uh, thank you very much for the invitation to share our thoughts on a very important uh, issue. The built environment contributes to nation building. It's a contributor to the gross domestic product in Nigeria in terms of capital formation contributes more than 50% of the fixed capital wealth of a nation and the issue of regulations and enforcement are very very key to ensuring that this industry moves in a healthy pattern because we can't enjoy the benefits of a sound construction industry if the laws and the regulations are not there if, if they are there they are not enforced properly uh, that will be a sad reality. We're looking forward to the very best uh, so that we can all be very comfortable and safe in whichever building we find ourselves in. Uh, we are grateful to you, Professor Johanna Izam, for your insights on the NASCO Moments radio show this morning, which I'm sure has assisted the listener on ways of tackling the menace of building collapse in Nigeria, causes, effects, and solutions. I wish you a very lovely day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Listener, we end the show here. It's been the Nasco Moments radio show. Follow us on www.facebook.com slash Nasco Group or follow on Twitter. The handle is at Nasco Group. Send your feedback freely, please, on any aspect of the Nasco Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. This week on the Nasco Moments Trivia, the question is, who was the first Vice-Chancellor of the University of Jos? How long did he serve? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Remember to include your full name and exact location. Last week, we wanted to know what incident of building collapse is said to be the worst in Nigeria. Where did this take place and how many lives were lost in the disaster? The answer is the synagogue building collapse which took place at the Ikotun area of Lagos State. Approximately 300 people lost their lives. Our winners are Onu James from Angu D and Zainab from Tomato Market. Congratulations. We'll call you and inform you on when to get your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited. Marketing Communications Consultants, Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer, Harun Audu, Research and Content Development, George Palm, Harun Audu, and Malau Silvanus, Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu, Malau Silvanus, and Deborah Kaladima. I am Harun Yang. Take your personal hygiene seriously and endeavor to wash your hands always. Bye-bye.